0: Did you, did you pass peace? Did you receive peace? Was, was peace exchanged? Do we have a, a little bit of a <clears throat> acknowledgment that that's what happened? Good. Um, my name is Ross. I'm one of the AC leaders here at Axiom, along with my lovely wife, Tracy. And, and I get the privilege to, to talk to you today. I always have something to say, but uh, for some reason, Gavin said, sure, why don't you, why don't you do it up here right now? Um, we've been coming here, oh, gosh, is it seven years now, I think? Um, Almost from the very beginning, and love this place. We just love the people, love what we're doing here, love the centrality of Jesus in our midst, and it's just a real privilege to be to be here this morning. And <clears throat> excuse me, um, we've been in the Book of Acts, and it's um, for me, it's been great. I even as a young believer, I would I would read Acts, and it would it would um, fuel my my faith and my passion to follow Jesus and. And I love coming back to it and, and talking about these things. And just as we have said, um, and it's been said many times by the folks who have been up here, it's called Acts for a reason, right? This is not the, uh, <clears throat> the, the theology of the, of the apostles. This is not the, the um, behaviors, but this is the Acts. This is the things that they did. These are the, the things that, that God inspired them to do through the power of his Holy Spirit. It's just such a good reminder that um, there's just there's three really key pieces to who we are. One is our identity, who we know ourselves to be. And that's very important as followers of Jesus. The second is what we believe, our theology. So we have our identity and our theology, but also our behaviors, our actions, those things that we do as a result of those first two pieces, all of these things we hold in balance to have a, a, to have a healthy life, and that's how God intended to... to um, partner with us to do his work here. So we, we've been in, you know, it's like one of those previously in the book of Acts, um, we, um, <clears throat> we've talked about the formation of the church, the beginnings of, of how this all started after Jesus' ascension and, and the promises that he left and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit that was poured out. And then last week, Gavin talked about the, the landscape and the, and the landmarks of the early church and how we didn't point to those big Um, massive things, but it really pointed to just some simple practices and some things that are key um, around the life of the body of Jesus. And there were four things that he talked about. The the teaching of the apostles, fellowship, being together one one with another, breaking of bread, sharing meals together, and prayer. And and a lot of this is what goes on in our Axiom community groups, and it goes on here. Um, For example, tonight uh, at the social, these are things that are that are just a key part of our lives. And, and I have found over the years as a, um, as a believer that those four things can help solve a lot of issues that people I talk to face, right? Those, having those four foundational pieces in our lives solve a lot, okay? Getting together with one another, spending time in God's word, praying together, sharing meals together, living in community is a, is a key to health um, in, our, in our Christian walks, so all that said, now we're gonna continue in Acts and we're going to um, read from the book of Acts. And if you don't have a Bible, we're not, the words aren't gonna be on the screen, they haven't been for this whole series. We're, we're hoping that this will inspire us to get back into the book. And so if you need one, um, there are some on the tables around you or raise your hand and somebody from our hospitality team will bring one to you. But we're gonna open up to the, the book of Acts chapter three and we're gonna be reading verses one through 10. When I first came to Axiom, I was, uh, I was the oldest person in the room. It was, a, it was a new experience for me. I was not used to that, but thankfully, uh, Rick's coming here now, so I'm not. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, Rick. Sorry, wherever you are. Um, but I still need these. <laughs> exactly. Hello. Uh, one day, Peter and John, Acts 3, one, were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Thank you for your word, Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for um, this holy place. And I don't mean the, the walls and, and the roof and the floor, Lord. I mean the gathering of, of people with you in our midst. This is a holy place, and we're grateful for it. We pray that what's on your heart would, would come through today, and that we would um, receive. Amen. Um, there's a lot of really great things in that, in that story, and how many of you had the song going through your head? Do you remember the little old children's song, Walking and Leaping, and maybe you don't. Okay, anyway, I won't sing it then. Um, this was the first recorded miracle by the church after the ascension of Jesus. Now, they had done things when he was with them, but this is the first time it was recorded that they did something supernatural. Um, and so um, it's a really great uh, thing to take a look at this. And there's a painting. There's, a, there's, there's kind of an old painting um, by a guy named Nicolas Poussin, painted in 1655. He was a French um, artist who lived in Rome at the time, and... Um, studied the works of Michelangelo and Raphael, and, and as you can tell from the story and from the painting, there's there's a lot going on in this little scenario, in this little story. And um, as a reference, uh, Peter is the, the guy in the in the tan cloak, the with the kind of the balding guy. Uh, John is in the pink cloak, kind of an interesting thing. He doesn't necessarily look like a fisherman, but that's John. Um, you can see the lame man. His his hand, if you notice, is like really a copy of uh, the hand that Michelangelo put on Adam in the Sistine Chapel, right? And so there's some really cool things. And you can see from this, there's a lot going on. There's, there's people who are oblivious to this to this miracle. There are people who are like the man in the green in the back is sort of in awe and amazement. And I almost thought this painting could be titled Peter and John Go to Anthropology because it sort of looks like an anthropology shop. But that's a, I just, I just said, um, bring that up to give you sort of a picture in your mind that, that it was a very busy time in the temple at this point. People were coming and going. There was a lot going on. And and Peter and John decide to um, to go get involved and see some things happen. So thank you for sharing that, um, that painting. Um, there's a lot of perspectives. One of the things I liked about that is there are a lot of points of view. There's a lot of different people we can take a look at. There, we have Peter, who's kind of at the center of the story. Um, the, uh, the first section of the book of Acts could be called the Acts of the Apostles, but mostly of Peter, because he's a key point in the beginning of the church. Um, his boldness, his faith, his leadership are very key. Uh, we have John, and, and we're going to get back to John um, and what his part in this story may or may not have been. We have uh, the lame man. So that's all we get from Scripture. So I have a hard time personalizing when it's just a, a label like that, so I I decided to call him Larry. If, if, you're, if your name's Larry, I'm not talking about you. It was just this is I needed a name to give this guy, and I suppose it could have been Lazarus, but uh, let's call him Larry. And um, anyway, I just started thinking about from Larry's point of view what, what, what was going on here. So he was born crippled. He was born lame. He, from, from, he never knew life on his feet. And, as an adult, then he and maybe even as a child, he, he was carried every day to the temple, this story tells us, laid at the steps of this gate, and begged for his living. This this is what he did every day, all day, his whole life. Uh, imagine the pain. Imagine the shame. Imagine no hope. Imagine a life of 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 nothing but that. Just Laying there and begging and needing help with every single thing that you do. Um, that's Larry. Uh, I can't even imagine the, the suffering and the shame and the, and, and what he faced. Um, and then we have, in the in the name of Jesus, right? Some incredible miracle happens, and he is given healing in his feet and his legs, and 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 he is given faith to respond to Peter's call, and he reaches out and takes his hand, and he's lifted up, and he's, um, and he's healed, and he is amazed. It's such a, such a great, powerful story of the work of God, and this is, like I said, as I used to read this as a young believer, it encouraged my faith. It challenged me to believe things to be possible that I would not have imagined possible, and so it was always a very encouraging place for me to be in Scripture. There are, there are a few... <sighs> Details that I want to call out that really kind of struck me as a part of the story, and um, this is just maybe my perspective or what was relevant to me as I, as I went through at this time. And, and one of those things was eye contact, and the importance of eye contact to this story. Now, maybe I'm the only one. I, I don't know, but uh, whenever I pull up to a, an intersection and, and I'm on either in the inside lane or on the outside lane, and and there's somebody standing there with a sign walking back and forth, it's really hard for me to make eye contact. I find myself looking away. I find myself not wanting to look that person in the eye. And, and, and that, that pains me to say that, but it's true. I, I, it's very difficult for me to, to see the dignity of, of, of God in the life of, of, of a person like that. And, and I struggle with that, so I really noticed the importance of eye contact in the story. In fact, it's mentioned several times, right? First of all, um, Larry sees them, and so he, just, he, he comes up with a, hey, I'm going to talk to them and see if they'll give me money, right? Then it says, Peter looked at him in the eyes, and so did John, right? So they both draw their attention to him, and then they say back to him, hey, look at us. So I'm imagining that he saw them, he identified them as a, as a target opportunity, right? But then his way of life, maybe his shame, you know, he looked down after he asked them for money, right? He did, but they commanded him to look them in the eyes, which I thought was really, really powerful. The, the beauty of this, the, the dignity that they give him to address him face to face, to to speak to him in his situation, and to not let anything be a barrier to that, I was really moved by that, and I found that to be very, very powerful and I want to take that even for myself as a as an invitation, as a challenge to to see people to um, to look at them and to notice them. It is a uh, it 's a really key part of learning who we are and how we fit into this world to stop and to notice others and to, to be present in the very moment as we look other people in the eye. Um, it's, a, it's an encouragement I find to myself. Um, it also makes us more available. Another thing that I noticed from here was um, Peter's response to the man's uh, ask, right? so. So, so it says Larry asked them um, for money. And, and, and Peter says um, words that, that really resonated with me. And when, um, uh, when I was given the opportunity to take a look at this, this was the very first thing that popped out for me. And, and <clears throat> what Peter says is, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. Now, for a long time, when I was younger, I felt like this was an opportunity not to give financially. That it was basically saying, "Yeah, I don't have to do that. I can, I can give you something else, right?" And 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 maybe that's where um, people decided to leave gospel tracks on the on the tables for for their servers at restaurants instead of actually tipping them, which I think is pretty pretty sad. Um, but we're going to, I think, dive into this more. This idea of the of um, giving out of what we have been given, as opposed to expectation. Um, and then the third thing that I think really came out to me was this idea that um, what, what Peter did say to him was, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. Get up. And I just I love the activation of faith that's contained in there. Um, and that is one of the things that Peter was able to give was he he had in him an understanding and an overflow of the power of the name of Jesus, okay? He had, um, he had lived with this man. He had walked with him. He had gone through everything with him. He, he was encouraged by him to, to live a bold and risky life for him. He was broken and shattered by his own denial. Of, of him, and then was restored beautifully at the end of the book of John um, and and commissioned to serve him and so 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 Peter had a connection with Jesus, he had an understanding, he had a reservoir that that, that Jesus and everything that he brings could benefit Larry could benefit this man and, and, and um, and I love that, and, and, I th- and I want us to take a moment now and think about what it means when Peter says, but what I do have, I give you. Um, we have, I think there's two categories when we think about stopping and taking a moment and, and doing a bit of inventory in our lives. There, as followers of Jesus, there's, there's a couple of different categories of, of things that we have. And, and one of those things are things that are common to all of us. That, 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 is filled, that The pages of Scripture are filled with things that are true about us that, that maybe we know, maybe we don't know. Maybe we learn them and we actively remember them all the time and we, and we meditate and we dwell on these things. Or maybe we just forgot. I always say that for, for me... The Christian life is a lot like a, a golf swing. There are, there are so many little things to remember to help with, with the whole of, of our lives. It's just like a golf swing. You got the elbows and you got, your, you got all these pieces that, that have to come together for it to be whole and complete. And at any given time, I can forget any one of those things and I can shank my ball over into the over into the woods, right? Nesta? <laughs> and um, and in the same way, I can just lose a simple truth about who Jesus is, about what he's done for me, about all of the blessings I have. And I can find myself in this place where I, I feel like I've got nothing to give. I feel like I have nothing going on inside of me. I feel, I feel empty. I feel, I feel um, broke. And, um, and I love Peter and how he calls to us this notice of, we have something. So one of those categories is the thing that God gives every single one of us. And I encourage you in chords, in, in Axiom community groups here, and in, and in conversations with one another, spend some time talking about um, those things that, that we have that God has given us. And even in your time alone with Jesus, and if you don't know, ask him. There's all kinds of resources you can use to look them up, and we'll touch on a few of them later. And then there are those things the other group of this, those things that are unique to you and to me that make us who we are, okay? These are some things that, that I may have that you don't or that you may have that I don't, or, you know? And so when Peter says, I don't have silver or gold, but I have something else, um, he wasn't a wealthy man. Now, some of us might have silver and gold or, or Bitcoin or whatever it is that, that um, determines our wealth. And, and by all means, give that, okay? give that. That's, that is a, an invitation and a calling for us. But we also have many, many other things that, that God has given us uniquely that allow us to be able to respond in the same way that Peter did to this person. We have, we have gifts. We have, we have unique talents. We have, some of us have time as a, as a, as a resource that we can, that we can give. Uh, some of us have the ability to just lay a hand on someone and bring, bring peace or life to them. Um, we have, we have eye contact. We have, we have talents or things. We have things that are unique to us that, that when given the opportunity, they, they flow out of us. Now, now, maybe you don't know what those things are for you. Maybe you're having questions about that. Well, I encourage you to talk to somebody here, to talk to people who love you, who know you. They, they see these things in you all the time, that, and, and they're manifested, and you don't even notice it sometimes. Um, or talk to one of the leaders here or talk to someone in your acting community group and, and allow that to be brought out of you because um, this is what God has given us. I want to refer to another verse here. This, this sort of fuels this for me, and it comes out of Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. And in this, Jesus is taking um, his 12... Um, primary followers, his 12 disciples. He's taking them aside, and he's sending them out to do some prep work to the towns that he's about to visit to tell them that the kingdom of God is coming. Um, and, and this is fairly early in his ministry, and, and these guys aren't like, like uh, ninjas yet. They're just basically um, fumbling students in a lot of ways. But he decides to send them out in pairs to, to prepare the way, and he gives them these instructions. He says... Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. It's kind of a tall order in my mind for for apprentices, for novices. Those are pretty significant activities that he's sending them out to do. But then he says this one phrase, which really, really um, reveals a lot. He follows those, those things up with this. He says, freely you have received. Freely give. Now, the word freely um, means uh, gratuitously, in abundance or in excess. It means without cause or for no reason. So Jesus is telling his disciples, listen, it's been wasted on you. It's been like more than you need. This, it's, it's been just, it's an avalanche of, of what you have been given Given the same way. He is explaining to, to his followers and to us as a result God's economy. That God doesn't give one for one. When he gives, he gives gratuitously. He gives wastefully. He gives excessively. Not I, I, I liken it to um, the difference between parents and grandparents. When, when, when your parent, and I heard this from somebody else a long time ago, when your parent puts peanut butter on your toast, right, they're thinking about how much more that jar needs to last before they go buy buy groceries again. But when your grandparents butter your toast with peanut butter, they're slathering it on thick, and it's going on because, you know, you deserve it. And so that's the idea of this lavish, excess, overflowing, kind of blessing for no reason thing. Um, And it's such a great reminder. And as a result of all that has, God has done in our lives, we have things to give. And I was just thinking as a part of the story, it's evident even right after this in, in Larry, the lame man's life, right? He was already giving out of an overflow of joy and abundance and peace um, and, and life and healing. And, and his exuberance, his, his joy was contagious. Scripture says that the people around were filled with wonder and awe, because they recognize him as a completely different person now. What a, what a beautiful story. And I, and I mentioned earlier that, that John is a part of this story, and, and this was probably the last thing um, that I noticed as a part of taking a look at this over the last few weeks. We don't, John has mentioned that he went with Peter to, to the temple at this time, but he has no other role in the story that we know of. He has no other um, function that we can tell. Now, maybe he was there for support, maybe he was praying, you know, there's all these things that we can speculate that he, that he may have been doing, but the fact is, we don't know. We don't, we don't know that, that he had anything to contribute to, to what went on, and I, I found that really encouraging. I found that sometimes just being there is enough. Sometimes just being available, and, and, but not being at the center of things that are going on, and not having your name on it, might be all that we need. Sometimes just your presence is all somebody might need. Just your availability and, and being there. And, and because who knows, maybe John was having a bad day, right? Maybe John didn't feel much like going to the temple to pray or, or causing another, you know, sermon where 2,000 people get saved or whatever, you know, I don't know. But I do know that God makes allowances for us wherever we are. If we don't necessarily feel it or if we don't um, have ourselves tapped into that, there's still a place for us. There's still an opportunity for us to, to participate in the good work of God. I encourage you then, as I close, to, um, to take inventory, to ask yourself, what what do I have as a follower of Jesus? Or, or maybe, am I a follower of Jesus? And maybe this is a great invitation and opportunity for you to, to find out more about that. But I um, invite you to, to spend time with Jesus and to spend time with, with friends in this community and and say, what do I have? What, what, can I, what can I offer? How can I be a channel, a conduit, of all that, that God has, has overflowed in me and, and provide to others? Um, and if you come up not knowing where to start, maybe open your scriptures and, and, and find a, an encouraging verse. I just, um, this one came to my mind, where Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Starting in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone was in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. There's a gift right there. That's something that God has given us. What a beautiful thing the message that he is not counting our sins against us. That's a gift we have and a gift we can offer. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you have given freely, gratuitously, excessively, abundantly. And I confess that I forget sometimes. I lose sight of it, and I, I spend time only thinking about what I don't have, what I might be lacking. So thank you for this reminder that you have overflowed and that you are at work, and that this is, just as we sang, this is you, your strength, your power for your name. This is not about me. This is not about Myself, it's about you. Thank you for this gentle but powerful reminder. Amen.